0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: What's up everybody. This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com H a w g sports.com. This is the first rivalry week thing for, for Arkansas to me, Auburn, just because of everybody on the Auburn sideline, what happened at Arkansas the last several years, this is the first real Hatred type of game for Arkansas on the 2020 football schedule. Keith Grayson is going to join us to talk about that. We're going to go over a lot of things, some injury news. I know a lot of people are wondering what's going on with Arkansas's injury department. We'll look back at the Mississippi State game a little bit as we look ahead to Auburn. All that and more on Hog Sports Live. Before we get started, of course there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. Be sure to follow the page if you haven't done so already and throw us a thumbs up if you like the content that we're producing. Also available on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to that channel and hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload new videos. Throw us a like there, share the video with somebody else you think might like it also, and be sure to comment on both of those platforms. Also available on Apple Podcasts, throw us a five-star rating if you haven't done so already. We're almost to 500 ratings. We'd love to get there and throw a review in there if you like the content let people know what to expect also available on spotify stitcher anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast be sure to sign up for the hog sports newsletter if you haven't done so already where you can get breaking news delivered to your email inbox as well as our daily razorback content we send a lot of free content out there 75% 75% of it, it is free uh, that we would send to your email inbox. So it's a great way to keep up with the Razorbacks. Also, you can get breaking news text alerts delivered uh, to your phone directly so you know before any of your friends whenever Arkansas uh, has new breaking news. All right, let's jump into it. I know you guys are worried about injuries. So from talking to Sam Pittman, obviously Burks had put something out on social media that he was having an MRI uh, didn't return to the game, looked fine when he was coming off. Now this was Arkansas's second possession after I think like a 10, 11 yard uh, catch by him to get a first down. He stayed in for the next play. And then, you know, he didn't, he didn't do anything too intensive on the play. It was a run, but he jogged off. I thought he, I didn't think he limped. He may, maybe a little bit. He didn't look like he was injured really, but he never came back into the game. So obviously something was wrong, but, Pittman does say he'll be back at practice today, so that's encouraging. Now, whether that means back at practice watching or what, don't know 100%, but he says he will be back at practice. Some of the stuff that we've heard behind the scenes does indicate that it's not not that serious. You hear all kinds of things when you're talking about a knee. Meniscus, sprain, going in to clean something up when they have surgery, all those things. Um, but those are generally like two weeks, very minimum, up to six weeks. But sounds like it's not that that big a deal. Uh, Rakeem Boyd kind of came off wobbly. Some people said a foot. Who knows what it was exactly. <clears throat> but he will be back at practice also, according to Pittman, today. Monteric Brown could possibly be back today. They do feel pretty good that they'll have him back by Saturday for the game. Monteric uh, delivered a big hit, which kudos to Monteric for delivering a big hit. I mean, cornerbacks usually aren't known for being big hitters. Monteric Brown, in the two years that he's been playing pretty regular. Not two years, but last season and this season so far, he's delivered a lot of big blows and is a really solid tackler for them. Julius' coach should be back, according to Pittman. Says he's healthy. Says Amonte Spivey is healthy also. Dorian Gerald is more wait and see, so we'll find out what what comes about that. Uh, Micah Smith was there actually traveled to the game and and um, I, I guess he didn't play, but. Uh, he was there, so he w- it wasn't in an injury situation. So that's pretty much, I think, everything. If I'm forgetting something, leave something in the comments. But I think that pretty much covers everybody. I mean, you had a couple of guys like uh, Bumper Pool who came out for a little bit, just had a stinger. He went back in. Grant Morgan looked like he hurt one of his uh, arms, maybe the elbow area. I think Grant had 15 tackles. Bumper had 20 tackles. Fantastic job. By the way, to have that many tackles, to have that many tackles, it's not like – Mississippi State ran 60 times. They threw 60 times. And Bumper Pool had 20 tackles and Grant had 15. Really impressive play by the linebackers, a group that we were all really worried about heading into this season. That was the group, right? Fast forward, Bumper Pool, Joe Fouché, co-SEC Defensive Players of the Week. It was announced today. Joe Fouché obviously had two interceptions. That's going to happen. You're going to – I mean, you're almost guaranteed you have a two-interception game, you're at least getting a co-defensive MVP. But to have two guys from Arkansas named co-defensive MVP, um, really solid. First ones to earn it since Martrell Spate in 2014. Let that sink in. So a lot, of, uh, a lot of rare things happened for Arkansas in a positive way on Saturday in Starkville. A team that can't seem to give Arkansas any credit for for winning the game. It was all Mississippi State did it to themselves. But that's that's football. That's what happens. I mean, these teams are generally, most of the time, most you know, not all of them, but most of them are all pretty well evenly matched. And it comes down to execution and game plan. Arkansas had a fantastic game plan, really exposing the Mike Leach passing game. Um, just, I mean, you go back and look at this game. Arkansas never had more than three down linemen. They never brought more than three except for a couple of fourth and one plays. There was one other play where I thought maybe Jerry Jacobs was coming on a blitz, but I think he was probably just reading run. It was a running play. I think he probably just read run early. But the entire game, aside from those two fourth and one plays, Arkansas dropped eight. I mean, they just sat there and made him throw. Eventually, what did we say? The whole game, catch the ones that are thrown to you. There was a couple, maybe Grant could have had one. Maybe Simeon Blair could have had one. They would have been tough. But for the most part, Arkansas caught the ones that he threw to him, which is going to happen. And, you know, one of my favorite Houston nut quotes, I know I bring a lot of Houston nut quotes here, but he had so many good ones, was make him go the long hard way. I love that one because, and Arkansas did that several times, even when. Even when they had long drives that resulted in touchdowns, they were like 15 plays, taking seven minutes off the clock. And the idea, I think, by doing that, keeping things in front of you is and tackling well, is eventually if you do that enough times, you're going to make them make a mistake somewhere on the drive. They're either going to commit a penalty. They're going to have a negative yardage play, a bad snap, something like that. They're going to throw an interception. Because they're they're using a lot of plays. Something like that happens and you get them off the field because of it. So you're or you get a big sack, a big negative yardage play, something like that. But I think generally Arkansas, I mean, there's no question they played a fantastic game. Barry Odom deserves a ton of credit for the game plan that they put. Um, you know, Mississippi State runs that, you know, those the mesh is a big part of their offense. They always seem to have these two guys crossing underneath. And they just basically said, okay, you can have that. We're just going to sit here and, you know, wait for you to throw us one of them. Or, you know, uh, you know when you flip over to Arkansas's touchdowns on the other side, obviously you the Greg the Greg Brooks one. Uh, the other two were both basically the same play. You know, Arkansas ran that play where uh, the wide receiver screen to Trey Knox, I think it picked up 12 yards. Devon Warren goes down and blocks. We've got another. We've got trips left going on. They're in shotgun, obviously. Uh, uh, I believe they were in... I believe they just had the one running back. I don't know that they had a tight end out there. So they would have been in – yeah, they would have been in, in 10 personnel the first time and the second time also. The second time they ran it, Devion. I think the cornerback thought that Devion was coming to block him and he shucked him, but the reality was that Devion shucked him and went to the end zone and uh, and caught him a touchdown pass. The other time was when Hudson Henry – so technically they're in, in – and 11 personnel there, and Hudson Henry was split out wide, and he was basically doing what Devion Warren did. It was the same, almost the same play. The blocking scheme was different. The time before, they're blocking down uh, when it was an actual screen pass. So Mike Wood split out to the right. I mean, it was the same play. I think the only difference is Felipe threw a a little shoulder fake on that second one. That was that was the only thing I noticed differently, and the play action wasn't as. I mean, obviously there was a play action fake to uh, Traylon Smith on the on the first twelve yard screenplay, and then um, they didn't really carry out the fake on the other ones. It's maybe been kind of quick. But congrats to Joseph Fouché and Bumper Pool. Fouché didn't didn't play really hardly at all in the Georgia game because he he had arrived late. But I mean Arkansas. Arkansas played a ton of defensive backs in that one. The uh, depth chart is out, the official depth chart. So just to go over a few things. Now, this is the Monday depth chart. It's not always accurate, but there are some changes that are always a little bit notable. Uh, Amante Spivey no longer listed as the third-team running back. In fact, they just don't list a third-team running back. Uh, last week they had an or between Hudson Henry and Blake Kern at tight end. Now, Blake Kern started at tight end in the game, and Hudson Henry started in the second half at tight end. So last week, there was an or, Hudson or Blake. This week, um, the or was re-added. Uh, or excuse me, excuse me. Last week, it was taken away. So the first week, there was an or, Hudson or Blake. The next week, it was just Hudson and then Blake. And then this week, it's re-added, Hudson or Blake. Dorian Gerald, uh, who is questionable, Um for the Mississippi Stakes game, Zach Williams started in his place and is listed after Gerald now. So it says Ger- Gerald or Williams now for the Auburn game. Joyous Coates is now listed after Eric Gregory with an or. It had been Joyous Coates and then Eric Gregory. Now it's Eric Gregory or Joyous Coates. Gregory, they've, they've given a lot of praise to Gregory and Zach Williams really since. Gregory since the fall camp, you know, since all the fall camp stuff. And then uh, Zach Williams really since. Um uh, since the game started, since the Georgia game. Xavier Kelly is now listed uh with an or after his name before Isaiah Nichols. Neither started last week because they were in the 326, obviously. And you would have like you would have Nichols basically coming in and relieving um, Jonathan Marshall who played a really good game. And then you had uh when they would bring let's see, when they bring in Xavier Kelly, I believe that's when they bumped had Xavier Kelly and John, and uh, Isaiah Nichols both playing end in addition to defensive tackle, so they were both working at end also in the three two six, and then there was always a defensive end on the other side. Now Eric Gregory and Zach Williams started the game. I mean Eric Gregory's about two eighty something anyway. So Malik Chavis is now listed as the backup cornerback in place of Jarquez McClellan, who opted out last week. Hudson Clark played cornerback. I mean, Hudson Clark was the backup cornerback. Nobody, who expected to see that? So Chavis is also wearing number four, unless that's some kind of typo when they didn't replace things. But Malik Chavis is wearing number four, which is Jarquez McClellan's number. Traylon Burks replaces Spivey, listed as the backup kick returner. Nathan Perotti replaces Devion Warren as the backup punt returner to Burks. So that's pretty much the main changes. You can read all of that on hogsports.com. It's a lot of great content, by the way, hogsports. If you haven't signed up for our one dollar offer, it's one dollar for your first month at hogsports. H a w g sports. sports. Um, there's a Danny's got a great article just about uh, Razorback commitments reacting and, and recruits reacting. He's probably got I don't know twelve something something like that, uh, different quotes from different recruits. He's also got some information on a virtual visitor that's coming up and some more recruiting news as well. Uh, in addition to, I do a lot of, you know, I go back and take a long last look at the games, which I did pretty much all day yesterday, just breaking down different parts of the games, things that we saw, things that you might not have noticed before in terms of, you know, the depth chart and players who rotated in and my opinion on different plays and how they broke down. But you can read all of that stuff. It's another VIP article, all of that stuff on hogsports.com. encourage you to do that. Take advantage of the offer. It's a great offer. Arkansas and Ole Miss kickoff time announced. So, for those who – I guess this is new because the games have been – the times have been settled already. But uh, about 12 days out, unless CBS exercises, I think twice during the season, they can exercise, exercise a six-day option uh, where they, uh, they, they delay – their decisions on the kickoffs. But generally, it's going to be on a Monday, 12 days out. And Arkansas and Ole Miss will meet for the 66th time at 2.30 p.m. Central Daylight Time on ESPN2. That's October 17th. ESPN2, 2.30 p.m. They will meet the Ole Miss Rebels in Donald W. Reynolds' Razorback Stadium. The game this weekend, what is it, two or three? I believe it's three o'clock this weekend in Auburn. There's a hurricane coming in. There hasn't been any discussion between Arkansas and Auburn about what might happen if the hurricane does come in, if they move the game, maybe to Fayetteville. None of that has been discussed. So let's get a little, a little farther along in the week maybe, um, and we'll find things out there. Some of the things that I, I you know, talked about just after this game, Arkansas forcing four turnovers in it, um, just an outstanding job by Arkansas. Uh, obviously, special teams' play was huge at the end of the game. Arkansas won special team games. I think they just had the one pretty decent return. They hurt themselves on a penalty on special teams. They had a punt at the five-yard line. They had to re-kick, ended up going into the back of the end zone or just barely crossing the goal line, I should say, uh, before it was tipped. But in, in college, it's a, it's a touchback. So there's a couple of things. They weren't 100% perfect on special teams, but they were good enough to win and they were better than Mississippi State was. And it all came down to that turnover on special teams at the end of the game. I mentioned uh, I talked a lot about the second quarter injuries, just just a rash, and then a, l- a little bit in the third. But Mateo Soli also hurt his arm a little bit. I don't know if we we talked about that, but uh, he also hurt his arm. Talked about setting up the different touchdowns, and I go into a lot of detail about those. You know the jet the jet sweeps and the reverses that Arkansas runs, the end around plays. That's just is just not working. You had the TJ Hammonds 14 yard loss in the first game uh, against Georgia that ended up in a safety. Uh, in this one, Hammonds, the, the dude busted straight through. Um, Jaden Crumity busted through Ricky Stromberg and Bo Lemmer. So, actually, Hammonds got away from that, but he still tackled for a loss. Um, Tyson Morris hit with a clipping penalty on the play. Just, just the whole thing was a disaster. So, my dog has a chew toy right now, and he won't stop chewing it. Please stop. Thank you. You want something else, buddy? Dog's going to be the end of me. There was a play that really stood out to me. Uh, Eric Gregory, Jonathan Marshall, Mateo Soli were all rushing. Uh, KJ Costello. They all got put, they all ended up on their knees and they were just kind of smothered by the offensive lineman. They started getting up, walking the other way. And then out to the right hash, Costello's still waiting there. He had nine seconds to throw the ball before Soli was like, oh, the play's still going on. They only picked up 11 yards on the play to the 31-yard line, their own 31-yard line. Uh, And then later on that drive, Fouché made his second interception. I didn't think that the intentional grounding against Costello where Gerald had his sack removed, I I didn't think that was intentional grounding. I thought there was a receiver there. So I thought, you know, bad flags go both ways. A lot of fourth and one fails. Arkansas had one after the 52-yard pass to Devon Warren. Um, Mississippi State had a couple of them, obviously, that were huge for Arkansas. I don't know why everybody hates kicking field goals, but apparently nobody wants to kick a field goal, even though this ended up being a really low-scoring game. Arkansas really only took the two deep shots down the middle. The second one was, I believe, fourth quarter, and Arkansas obviously had the lead. And it hit Devion Warren. I mean, it was a lot of traffic. So, I mean, I mean, it's pretty bang, bang. But it hit him in the chest, hands, and he just wasn't able to hold on to it. I mentioned John – or I didn't mention John David White. I mentioned uh, Hudson Clark getting to play uh, a good bit. When Monteric Brown went in, he played a lot. Uh, you also had John David White, which I guess he's the seventh receiver. Kendall Catalan is listed as the seventh guy. But John David White is a redshirt freshman from Pulaski Academy in Little Rock. Uh, But he saw some action. didn't have any catches, but he saw some actions in the game.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe.
1: I think that pretty much does it all right we're gonna to go to Keith Grayson aka whiskey drunk on the board Keith uh, Keith does a great job for us on this show following the hogs really a jack of all trades he he's in real estate he's in coaching um, and he's a, a big Razorback fan so he does he does a lot of everything how's it going Keith
0: Oh well, it's the first week of October. Yes, Arkansas's in second place in the SEC West, <laughs> and our linebackers are leading the SEC in tackles.
1: Right? So, who who would have expected that from the line? I mean, the whole the linebackers are supposed to be the problem, right?
0: I'm starting to think like 2020 hasn't really been that bad of a year, <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean,
1: well, for Razorback race. football, it's I guess it's I guess you got a point, Keith. I mean. Obviously, there's some things you'd like to have differently. Fans in the stands, you know, the full capacity and not have coronavirus and worrying about getting sick and dying. But for Arkansas, yeah, football's better than 18 and 19 for sure so far.
0: The weird thing is, like, I hear a bunch of people, like, calling up saying they're, like, crying and stuff over the the win out of joy. But I I really – I was excited. You know, I was excited for Coach Pittman. Mm. But – it was kind of expected. I mean, it's like it's it didn't. I don't know. Like, not that the win was expected because we we're eighteen point underdogs, but like he said in the post game press conference, he was like, "You know, am I shocked we won or something?" No, Arkansas is supposed to win in the mm-hmm. SEC. Yeah, so I, I, I
1: think that's, that's kind of how I felt, take. Keith. I mean, I didn't. I didn't feel like some sense of. Now I was obviously proud for them that they finally got that win and everything, but I didn't feel like a sense of release. You know, a relief or something like that. You know, like just yeah. like all the pain built up over two years or anything because to me this is this is new and this just goes to show, Keith, that the old saying, not to be used without express written permission of Hogsports.com, it's not just about the Jimmies and the Joes, it's also about the X's and the O's. That's that is the line that I've been using for a long time and it's true because we see across college football teams that recruit at an amazing level in <coughs> Texas and, you know, aren't just spectacular, oh <coughs> you You know, this year, OU hasn't done anything this year, but... You know, lost to Kansas State, but it just goes to show you can recruit at this elite level, but it doesn't mean you're just going to win games because of that. And at the same time, we also see teams that don't recruit at that level and maybe aren't upper echelon, top of the you know top of the line teams, but are competitive and do play well against uh, teams that recruit well. And then there's the group like Alabama, Clemson that do recruit at elite level and also you know have elite coaching and win national championships because of it, but. This just goes to show so much that Chad Morris didn't have this team motivated, didn't have them properly prepared week to week, and they really could give a rat's ass about him, the players overall. Now, maybe they wouldn't say that, but to me it's evident in 35-7 at halftime of Western Kentucky in a game you had to have to save your job now. I've kind of made a, you know, now that we're talking about Arkansas winning again, I'm done talking about Chad Morris. But it just did. But it's Auburn week, so you have to this week. So, unless it's Auburn week, done talking about him.
0: And the good thing is this. We don't like – every head coach, especially like as being Pittman's first win, they won ugly. There is so much to mm-hmm. correct. I mean, he was about oh, to yeah. jerk Mike Wood's face mask off because of that last penalty. Which,
1: by the There's- way, technically probably a penalty because the guy was just – you know, the guy was obviously not doing anything. He was just standing there. and But – Technically, Woods was shoving the guy in the chest. You can't shove him in the chest. The whistle hadn't blown. The whistle hadn't blown. Mike Woods is back. Now, he had already taken a knee. Franks had taken a knee. But the rest didn't blow a whistle. How is Mike Woods supposed to know that, you know, now he was overzealous. He probably shouldn't have, you know, he's probably a little bit overkill, and that's probably why he got it. But the rest got to blow the whistle. You have to blow the whistle to let people know that the play is over. And they were still hitting Franks. After he was down, I mean, they were still trying to get at him. So, I don't know. I kind of thought maybe offsetting would have been more appropriate. But I think it's on the refs to blow the whistle and let people know that the play is over.
0: Yeah, but, but again, like I think that's what Coach is probably taken out of this is, hey, there's a lot we can still fix. Oh, I mean, yeah. there's a ton to fix. The the offense is going to end up catching up at the end of the season. All this abbreviated practice time, it's, it's going to look like it's looked – so far, it's probably going to look. It may look worse on Saturday against an Auburn defense. Yeah. Quite frankly, so everybody needs to pump the brakes on you know getting so pissed off at Bryles because um, it's just limited. It takes a it takes a minute. Yeah,
1: I think. Stuff. I think it's taken a while just to get them in sync. And you know they obviously they're two most explosive playmakers were missing in this game after uh, the second possession, which it took Arkansas, I think, till the 3:59 mark of the first quarter to get their first possession because you had the Greg Brooks interception and the long drives by Mississippi State, uh, and then the second possession, which again was in the second quarter, you lose both of those guys. I don't know that you know. I hear a lot of like Mississippi State's, like you know, they'd had Kylan Hill, you know, they would have won and stuff, and I'm just like, I mean, Traylon Burks, Arkansas's all-SEC running back, also. Both defensive ends. matteo Soli got hurt eventually, too. I mean, there was one injury after another for Arkansas. Um, so, it, it cuts both ways. And, as yeah, I said earlier, it's – go ahead. Dude, th-
0: we had so many people out for that game, and I, I... – I didn't hear anything about their wide receivers being out or anything like that. And Colin Hill was knocked out of the game. We beat his ass up. So, I mean, that's that's just a part of being in the SEC. Plus, you take one acro- look across the field. When I turn on the TV to watch the game after all the SEC breaks or whatever that I couldn't get the game actually on, mm-hmm. I looked at Mike Leach and I was like, that's what the male version of a slump buster looks like. I was like, we're about to break out of this slump anyway because he is like – can't you picture him at a bar – Trying to pick up sixty-year-old divorcees with like an ascot and pinky out, there, talking about the Battle of Hastings. Like he is the male version of a slump buster. So we got we got that went on him. So now I hope you know the male
1: version of a slump buster.
0: Now now we're gonna go into Auburn and let our hate out of our heart. All the all the players got screwed over by Morris, and he mm-hmm. tried to kill our program. Um, hey, speaking of that, speaking of. Uh, well, never mind. I'll keep it clean. Sorry, I almost cut. Well, but, I'm 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 uh, gonna
1: I'll say this, Keith. But you know, Auburn's got more talent than Mississippi State, and they've got more talent than Arkansas. They've recruited at obviously a really high level. Now, that didn't used to mean anything. You know, Auburn playing Auburn. It was eleven, ten, and one series before Gus Malzahn got over there. And you've got to be kidding yourself if you don't think that that's played a role. Gus Malzahn's opinion of Arkansas, the emotion, all that stuff. You've also got, I mean, Cody Burns over there. And I'm sure Chad Morris is going to be jacked up for Arkansas. But you can't act like it doesn't mean anything when you have all these players who played under Chad Morris. And, again, they can say what they like. These guys didn't like him. They didn't fight for him. They didn't want to play for him. I mean, it's, it, it's obvious in the way that they played for him. So – Going from that and having Pittman, a guy that they do love and they do admire and they do want to fight for, you've got you've got to you've got to assume that they're that they're going to give it. I mean, it means something. It means something beyond just talent in this game. Would you agree?
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's what I mean. You hear him talking about it after the game. We don't need anybody outside of who we brought to this game. We they don't love we, it because. I because love when it. you start talking about, hey, we're going to recruit our way out of this, and we're going to rebuild, and all this stuff, and my wife's not even going to move to Fayetteville yet, and all this—I mean, does yeah. she live in Auburn yet? Did Miss Morris move to Auburn? I don't
1: know, maybe she, I don't know. Maybe she moved to Norman. <laughs> I don't know, that's where Chandler is. But you're—you're you're right, and I—I I didn't necessarily think a, a huge deal of it, but you're right. You got to be all in. And I remember when Bealma got to Arkansas. Proud to be a homeowner at Arkansas. You know, he wants to restart his family. That was Bielema's goal, just like to start his family anew in a new place in, in Arkansas. Um, but, and you also get that sense of Pittman. Pittman won't put anything on himself. He never has used the word rebuild, which is straight out of the Houston Nut playbook. Um, it's all about everybody that we needed on that plane. And, you know, obviously recruiting is a big deal. But, you know, we didn't need some recruits. You know, and you heard I mean, what was the last one of the last things Chad said after two years of coaching Arkansas? This was not an overnight rebuild two years later said that. Um, and I just said um, which which he also said a lot. But and it did to have Pittman come in here and in a second game prove that what we've been saying the whole time, Keith, is that you can say Arkansas's roster oops, You can say Arkansas's roster is subpar, but it's not a disaster that represents 20 games straight in the SEC, losing that many. I mean – Am Am I? Am I? It's obvious now that Arkansas has enough talent to go up and match up against Mississippi State and an Ole Miss or Vanderbilt. You know, some of these teams that are in the middle to the bottom tier. Now, we'll see what happens with, you know, a team like Auburn. Obviously, they had Georgia on the ropes for a while, didn't have the fi- offensive firepower to to compete against them. Arkansas's offensive line just really wasn't up to, to going against those guys. But what are they going to do against Auburn? You know, what are they going to do later in the season when they have to play Florida and some of these other teams? Or Tennessee could be a great matchup measuring stick for Arkansas and Fayetteville you know so I think it just it, it it goes to the point of Western Kentucky there's not a single kid who ever grew up in Bowling Green Kentucky rooting on the Hilltoppers his entire life that when it came down to it an offer for between Arkansas and Western Kentucky that kid picks Arkansas 100% of the time am I wrong in that?
0: You went five minutes without talking about the Western Kentucky game <laughs> I did I'm never going to say it I'm never going to mention it again Here's It's Auburn week, week. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Look at the team speed on defense from last year. It's the same guys. Yeah. Now fast forward to this year. That was that was. I mean, that was violent. That the the yeah. hits for those DBs were coming at their feet. Like I, that was that was. And, and there weren't just one of them. It was they were stacking them up three four. That was confidence. And again, like you said. In a team that believes in their coach and believes in what they're doing and it works, that's dangerous. Yeah. Like, they, he's got lightning in a bottle now. If we can take advantage of it against Auburn, dude, dude no telling where this thing's going to go. But I, I just don't. Still got to temper for our expectations for this, for this season and this weekend. But like you said, like now it's. Now we're right on par with everybody else. We're only scoring, like, what? Is it 14 and a half a game or 15 and a half a game or something? The offense has to catch up.
1: Yeah. And, and they should get better as. as... Time progresses, but uh, – and I don't – again, people shouldn't be like expecting Arkansas to win all these games all of a sudden. Remember where you've been. Remember this is a process, but that was a big first step. The first step was getting these guys to believe in the coaching staff and rally around somebody and fight for somebody. I mean, that's – belief is a huge thing. Um, the second step is getting that first win. All the moral victories started to feel a little bit like an actual victory <laughs> at one point, but to actually get that victory, there's not a better – not a better piece of medicine than, than that. All right, Keith, you got hey. anything else you want to chime in on? You got any kind of prediction you want to make for this weekend before we let you go? Oh, all I want from this weekend, I don't really care what the
0: score is. I hope they have a late hit out of bounds and somebody goes and accidentally just uh, spears Morris through the chest. I'll <laughs> embrace wow. uh, the sternum. So, no, but for real, though, hey, I, I had to, I've been on the show a couple times since this happened. I want to give a shout-out to one of your listeners, mm-hmm. Mike Posey. This guy listens to the show. He tried to hit you up. You big-timed him. And you never responded back. You are oh. talking about you know, not being sick for six years and living in a million-dollar neighborhood or whatever you're talking about all the time. And football?
1: <laughs> so, Sorry, Mike Posey. So he, I missed that. <laughs> Mike Posey
0: uh, sent me a, a signed, like, an engraved football from hmm. Ken, Ken Hatfield and Johnny Majors engraved signatures from the 1990 Cotton Bowl. We lost the game, but his wife oh, was yeah. yeah. years ago in – and,
1: I um, never saw anything from him, show. by the way. I never, I never saw that he was, he was hitting me up. So I, I do apologize, but I'm glad you were able to get that, Keith.
0: Check your DMs on, uh, on Hog Sports. Mm. But, by the way, also happy so-
1: birthday to Mr. East. I missed that on the, uh, on the things also. But uh, happy belated birthday, Mr. East. I guess yeah, I think that's coming, my neighbor from Sheridan.
0: If you do want to – I know you talk about don't send me a Patreon or whatever, but I, ha, I will set up a Patreon account for me. If anybody wants to donate to me some more some more stuff, uh, just reach out to me through the show.
1: Yeah. All right, Thanks. Keith.
0: <laughs> later, Blair.
1: All right, later. All right, that's Keith Grayson, Razorback fan, coach, former disgrace, disgraced former president and founder of the Arizona Razorback Club, which if you want to find out more about that story, you can hit him up at uh, – what is it, Keith? grayson underscore on twitter all right keith all right we're going to jump into some questions now and the dog's biting my arm right now so if i get distracted i get distracted could you please leave me alone jerry jack it won't be much longer (laughs) All right, warren 96 hog says, do you think Arkansas will be more fired up to beat Chad Morris or Chad Morris will be more fired up to beat Arkansas? Uh, I think Arkansas because they're, you know, 120 players strong and he's just one person, and I'm not convinced that he can rally anybody around him. I'm sorry, but I'm not. I'm not convinced that anybody's going to rally around Morris right now. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, he did – he was a high school football coach that won a lot. He had success as a coordinator. I'm not saying he's not a good coordinator. I'm just saying somebody else needs to lead the thing. Sparks Co. says, odds of the Hogs holding on to Odom for more than two years if this success continues. Yeah, I mean, people are already talking about him for the Bruels Award. (laughs) So, you good, buddy? Hog Nation 9 says, in what areas do you see our offense improving throughout the season? Odds are we beat Auburn. Odds we beat Auburn, question mark? I bet. Let's see. Okay, so areas in in the uh, that they could improve throughout the season. I think just timing overall, getting a better sense of who their guys are. I think they know most for the most part, but there's others. I mean, Devion Warren had his best day as a Razorback uh, in the last game, so I think it's just it's timing, getting in sync better. I think the offensive line just kind of improving steadily, getting better as a unit. All of those things, but just getting in sync that's going to be big, I think, for them. Uh, odds they And also, you know, the coaches finding out what they do good. Obviously, I mean, the end of rounds, jet sweep things aren't working too well, reverses. Odds, we beat Auburn. Uh, I think Arkansas is a sixteen and a half and a half point underdog. This game is in Auburn. This is a team that's beaten Arkansas an average of 48-9 to nine the last three years. Malzahn is 6-1 and one against Arkansas at Auburn. So they're due, I guess, but... It hasn't been pretty the last few times Arkansas has been down there. He said he bet the money line plus 540 today, straight up. I mean, you're buying in, Hog Nation 9. And do you think Coach Pittman should suspend trailing Burks for posting about his MRI Instagram? Uh, Pittman said uh, – Traylon Burks is not – first of all, he said, you know, he's got to talk to Traylon about doing that because they don't do that kind of stuff. And then Bob Holt said, I didn't mean to get Traylon Burks in your doghouse. And Pima said, Traylon Burks is not in my doghouse, which is a great point and a great line. Traylon Burks has – he's such a unique player. He, You know, he, remind, he reminds me of Amari Cooper in his demeanor. He's a lot bigger than Amari at, you know, 233 pounds, so he's a different kind of player. But demeanor-wise, he reminds me a lot of Amari Cooper, because he never really celebrates. He just – it could be a, you know, 50-yard gain or, you know, he gets tackled for a loss. It's the same reaction out of him. And Amari Cooper's kind of the same way. It always stood out to me about him in Alabama. That's why I had a lot of respect for him. Mar- uh, Marvin Harrison was the same way. The cycle of suck, that is a term coined by Keith Grayson as uh, to represent Arkansas just continually, this is a snowball of suck which was uh, Arkansas under Chad Morris, which they're out of now. You might have to change your name, Cycle to Suck, Woo Suey. First off, spell his name right. Who's he talking about? I want to reply to somebody else. Just questions here, guys. Will the defense be able to continue its strong performance against Knicks, Wright, and the rest of that Auburn offense? They looked good against Georgia, but neither will anyone else. They didn't look good against Georgia, but neither will anybody else. Hey, you want up here? All right. Will this defense be able to continue its strong performance against Nick's Wright, and the rest of that Auburn offense? Okay, I see what you're saying. So, I mean, it's going to be difficult. Auburn's got a lot more talent than Mississippi State does. They've been doing it for a while. I mean, it's Chad Morris is the play caller, but it's the same – basically the same offensive of principles. So – and Nick's is a second-year guy. So, I, I wouldn't expect them to, like Georgia did, hold them to six points and out of the end zone – Uh, I wouldn't expect them to hold them to 14 points like they did Mississippi State, as explosive as Mike Leach's offense and system can be. And I don't think it's the end of the road for Mississippi State. I don't think they should be – I mean, I know losing is tough, but this is a guy that – I mean, he's been a giant killer his whole career. He's done it at Washington State. He's done it at at, uh, Texas Tech. He may not win a national championship at Mississippi State, but he will decide – for some other teams that they're going to. He will knock off national championship contenders here and there. It will happen. Dude, you're killing me. What true freshman played so far? I mean, you can look at the participation uh, the participation report and and see all that. I don't I don't want to just go through that big dug, but maybe I'll come back here and answer that for you later off air. But uh, that would take me to pause and, and look up some stuff. Rip. Rip Euro says, will Trey Knox ever become a deep threat with his size or will he continue to struggle getting the separation needed to be a consistent threat for Franks? Imagine one-on-one battles should be his strength. So Knox is a, is a good jump ball receiver. Um, we haven't seen a whole lot of him after the catch. Now, I will say, like, if you were to put him and Traylon Burks in a race, uh, Traylon Burks will straight smoke him. There was a pick six. And that's not to say Knox doesn't have, you know, great hands and a lot of great attributes, you know, as a 6'5 receiver, he does. But there was a play where there was a pick six last year, and I can't remember who it was. But you had Traylon Burks coming from the opposite side of the field, and the ball was intended for Trey Knox. And Knox is running as hard as he can, but this guy's just hauling butt. It might have been against Auburn. But you see Traylon Burks coming from the other side and catching all the way up to the guy where he sweeps his leg at the end zone. And, you know, the guy's just pulling away from Knox. So that just kind of gives you an indication that these guys are on different levels as for as speed. Now, Knox, on the other hand, is longer, lanky, 6'5". Uh, he brings a lot to the table as well, but just not the straight speed that, that a guy like Burks has. Mr. Pig says, have you had a chance to see Auburn's O-line play? From what I've read, they are the true weakness and might be able to – I have. I'm plan on starting watching the Auburn game. Obviously, it was playing at the same time, Auburn-Georgia, uh, as the Arkansas game. And yesterday I spent the whole time just re-breaking down the Arkansas game. Um, so, I plan on starting that today. I probably will finish that tomorrow uh, because I, I go back and rewind and look a lot. Rip Euro says, Is it normal to have forgotten what it was like to be proud to be a Hog fan? (laughs) Warren 96 Hogs, where do you think the Hogs finish in SEC West Standings right now? We're in a six way tie for second. I mean, I'm not going to predict them to beat Auburn on the Plains, okay? Uh, Obviously, Alabama is going to be an issue. LSU is going to be tough, although maybe they could. But I think LSU kind of got a wake-up call, and they're just going to get better as the season progresses because they're starting so many young players. It's not like they haven't been recruiting to a team capable of winning national championships. So it's going to be tough. I think what we're ultimately talking about is can they beat out Texas A&M? Possibly. Ole Miss? Possibly. Auburn? Or, excuse me, Mississippi State? Yes. So probably come down to those guys. But we're probably thinking, you know, probably behind Auburn – Alabama, and, um, and LSU, probably. So, fourth at best, I would think. That's a step in the right direction. I mean, the win in one game is a step in the right direction. You can shut the season down right now, and they have taken uh, – they're better than they were last year. P. Denton, 29, says, do you think there's more talent on this team than we previously acknowledged, or is the coaching just that much better? I mean, I've been saying for – a year and a half that the talent is not representative of a team that should be two and ten. I mean, again, whether it's Bowling Green, Kentucky, whether it's Colorado Springs – or not Colorado Springs, Fort Collins, uh, where Colorado State plays, whether it's San Jose, California, anybody that grew up living in that town, rooting on those teams, would never in 100 years pick one of those teams over Arkansas. They're not even recruiting the same players, okay, that alone tells you that coaching is a coaching, motivation, preparation, all of those things is a major problem with the last staff. It's obvious, is it not? Is it not obvious? Denton Texas as well, North Texas. Nobody ever picked North Texas over Arkansas. Nobody ever did it. So, what does that tell you that a team like North Texas or San Jose or especially Western Kentucky and just march into Fayetteville and just whip them. Come on. The talent may be subpar by SEC standards. Maybe it's middle of the road by SEC standards. But let's just say it's subpar. Let's say it's bad. It's not an utter disaster. You don't go on the road and beat a team like Miss And you know, for you know, they let go of the rope obviously the last two years, but they still went to Kentucky and had a chance to win. They still went to Texas A&M and had a chance to win on the final drive before just getting smoked at home against Western Kentucky. This is the last week I'm talking about it, guys. I'm putting it in the past. It's only because it's Chad Morris and Auburn and Gus on. That's it. But I'll continue talking about it this week. Benstrosi says, knowing what we know now about this Arkansas team, had the original schedule been intact starting September 5th, what would you predict our record to be right now, as of this week? You know, uh, against Duke in week two, Notre Dame did not play very well. So maybe that would have been Arkansas's week. You know, there's so many things, butterfly effect, what, whatever you want to call it, that would have changed things. But I think they might have actually surprised – I think they, they probably would have beaten Nevada. Maybe not, but I think they probably would have. I think maybe they would have given Notre Dame a game. And I think the fact that they have won in SEC games is a pretty good indicator that they would have won three of the four non-conference, right? So if you get, say those are gimmies, right now, you're thinking they definitely have four. I hate to say anything's a gimme, but given the way Arkansas played, but this is a different team, different coaching staff, different motivation, different buy-in. Rawhawk says, what do you like and dislike about our offense so far? Um, I'm never going to criticize anybody for running trick plays, okay? Because when they work, they work, and they don't, they don't. Maybe that fake punt against Auburn last year. But the end of rounds have been rough. I don't know if you consider those trick plays, really, gadget plays, whatever you want to call them. But those have been rough. Obviously, you had the interception. Um So, you would like to see some of those plays pan out. Uh, Aside from that, I mean, it's hard to be too critical. Maybe they could take more shots downfield. Maybe they would have done that with Burks. But at the same time, doing what they did, playing it close to the best worked against Mississippi State, relying on their defense. So, it's hard to say open it up and take risk if the defense is playing the way they are. They just got to get more in sync overall. That's what I think. I mean, Franks hasn't been perfect by any stretch. He hasn't been – you know, super explosive in terms of creating big plays, but he's been good enough, okay? And that's all that we had talked about in the offseason. Like, Franks, does he need to be great, or can he just be good enough? Can he just be an average SEC quarterback, which is probably about what he's been so far this season? That's a step in the right direction, by the way, just being average. Hog Fan in KS16 says, how much longer before we really see the offense explode, hoping it's this week? It'll happen at some point. It, it probably won't be against Kevin Steele's defense this week. I mean, I'm not saying they won't have moments and stuff, but maybe Ole Miss in Fayetteville, maybe that one. Maybe that's where you start to see things, some things go Arkansas's way on offense. Salvador Dolly says, "Do you wear a mask at the game?" Yep, I wore a mask at the game. I didn't go to the last game. Obviously, I stayed here, not traveling because of the, all, everything going on with COVID and the Zoom press conferences. You can't go sit there. So, um, and I'm not. I refuse to go to Auburn unless, until I can sit in the stands again. I refuse to go sit in that press box. So the press box at Auburn, they used to have a good one. It was, and I don't expect it to be like center field, you know, right in the middle of the upper and lower deck, which is a great spot. Um, but they moved it. They, it's like they, they use the cheapest materials possible and they put it up in the corner back, not in the corner, but in the end, in the end zone behind the big screen. So there's no big screen. You can see if you're media, you can't watch any replays or any of the stats or numbers coming up on the big screen. You're not like overhanging into the stadium. You're outside the stadium propped up. It is a terrible, first of all, it's ugly as hell for a beautiful stadium. Jordan-Hare Stadium is a beautiful stadium. It is ugly. It's like, how can we put a big wart on this stadium? Let's put a press box that looks like a mobile home up in the corner here. And it's the cheapest materials. It's like 1990s kind of fabric. I I think maybe even the floors are damn um, linoleum. I mean, it's terrible. It is a terrible press box. You're totally taken out of the game as a media person. It's awful. So the next time I go to Auburn, And there was a long time ago for the Football Writers Association, as Rick Schaefer was kind of laying out to me, they would never let Auburn do something like that. And I'm not saying Arkansas, I mean, is always going to be there. But if you ever move the press box, just put us in an angle or something. Leave us in the stadium. You know, let us do our job. But Auburn's press box is awful. It's awful. It's terrible. If I was an Auburn beat writer, I would be trying to find a way to cover another team if that's where I had to sit for games. But I will sit in the stands. Next time I'll buy a ticket, and I'll sit in the stands for an Auburn game next time, and then I'll just go up in the press box um, when I need to after the game or something to do work. But I'm not sitting in that press box again. We old wart on the side of Jordan-Hare Stadium. Awful. It looks terrible. Just be a of to yourself, Auburn. Whoever okayed that, terrible. And Alabama's moved theirs, I believe, but they did it in the corner. That's fine. I don't expect in this day and age to take up premium seating right in the middle of the field, okay? But don't put us in the end zone behind a jumbotron. Shivers, 45. Trey Biddy, I like when Arkansas runs three safeties at a time on defense. With Catalan coming further down, being a headhunter and having Fouché and Slusher back deep. How do you like that lineup? Well, oh, I like it pretty good. They ran a 3-2-6 every single play. Every single play. And it doesn't just have to be it doesn't just have to be Catalan. Because they did it with Fouché. They did it with Slusher. You know, different guys, you know. They had to learn different positions, and part of that's COVID-related, Sam Pittman two-spotting everything, getting everybody the same one through four, man on the depth chart getting the same amount of reps in camp, and it's paid off for him right now. It has paid off, and it's largely been because of injuries, not COVID, but it's paid off for him. So I like the 3-2-6 against a team that's going to throw 60 times a game. And for some reason, Arkansas just had a hard time abandoning that the last three years or so when clearly those types of you know, two-man fronts, three-man fronts, those types of things are needed. Shivers 45 says, also, how do you feel about running reverses? I think I went over that. Salvador Dolly says, great name, by the way. I always like that name, Salvador. I'm concerned about the lack of push in our OL exhibit in the run game. Yeah, there's been a lack of push, especially on the goal line. Do we need a jumbo package short yard? I don't know that there's an answer. I don't know that there's an answer this year. Arkansas just has, you know, they're relying on some young guys. Um, So, yeah, I think that's just part of the issue. Okay, I lost my spot here. Uh, The Natural State says, favorite pizza at Tiny Tim's? Veggie. (laughs) You know, a pizza I really like. I like Tiny Tim's a lot. I go there for their beer, generally. Um, The best pizza on the menu is probably the international. And some people may substitute the green onions with mushrooms or add mushrooms. But that's the best pizza on the menu at Tiny Tim's. The best pizza at Woodstone is the Thai pizza. Crazy as that sounds. Fayetteville, is, Fayetteville has a lot, is strong on Mexican restaurants. They're strong on barbecue now. They're strong on pizza places. But I'm not entirely, they're strong on catfish. <laughs> They've got uh, Catfish hole, Eat My Catfish. They've got a few catfish places now. Um, There's some good Italian places in Fayetteville. I I would say Fayetteville, when I compare Fayetteville to what's going on in Rogers Bentonville, I easily, especially per capita, I'm giving Rogers Bentonville the edge on restaurants. Fayetteville's got to step it up on restaurants. Some good places, no question about it but they got to step it up overall on restaurants. And I'm a big fan of Tiny Tim's and I like the beer and I like that they, you know, as of what, maybe five years ago, maybe longer than that, they weren't brewing their beer. They had all that equipment back there and then they started brewing their beer again. So I'm always going to support that. Always going to support the beer brewing. Razor Brock 1965 says watched and rewatched the big win and did not note any backup all getting playing time. Is that correct? I didn't notice that either. I didn't notice that. Now, special teams, obviously, some of them played, but it looked like from every time I, I checked on it, um, Noah Gatlin was your right tackle. So, Salvador Dolly says, Does this post make my butt look big? A little bit. <laughs> and Hog43 says, I never saw Kendall Browse using a play sheet, whatever you call it. Maybe anomalies here, but I think I like how he seems to call plays off the field. Yeah, Kendall Browse is going to get it straightened up. All right, everybody, sorry I wasn't able to get to your questions on Facebook Live, but that's kind of part of it. We take care of our VIPs, but we've gone 52 minutes in. I want to thank Keith Grayson for joining us. Keith uh, always provides a lot of good humor and uh, an interesting fan aspect. And before we go, of course, if you haven't signed up for $1 for your first month or 30% off for your first year, then go ahead and do that at hawgsports.com. There's plenty of reasons to sign up right now. It's momentum some good stuff going if you like what we do here on hog sports live if you like our walk and talk which i guess I, everybody was mad i didn't do the walk and talk i did the studio show but i don't want to gimmick it up people's like put a green screen i have a green screen back here that i can just i can pull down over the brick wall uh and i have a treadmill right over here so i could do stuff but i don't want it to be gimmicky and stupid you know and otherwise i'm just like walking around with a you know i'm just a a dark silhouette, you know, because there's no lights out there. I don't want somebody to call the cops on me at eleven. Now, maybe I could do it differently, because this is a three o'clock game. I guess maybe wrapping up. I don't know. It'll start. It'll still be getting dark by the time I'm able to get out there, because all the thing, people are like, "Where's the walk and talk right after the game?" Well, I've got to do a Zoom press conference with Sam Pittman, which used to be press conferences and the players. Then we got to work on transcribing. We've got some articles to get out for our subscribers and stuff. And then I usually do the walk and talk. So it takes. It takes a while after the game, so people always expect it to be right after. But um, you know, part of it is there's a combination because there's the raw emotion of it with the walk and talk, and I've also gathered my thoughts at the same time. So leaving there's nothing like leaving the stadium and walking for me, and because it, it just kind of pours out. I don't think about filtering anything. It just for some reason the walking aspect of it just allows everything just to pour out of me. So it's just a different thing, and we'll get back on the road next year for games, and who knows what happens towards the end of the year. Maybe we're in phase three, but we'll get back to the walking talk at the end of uh, – or maybe at the end of the year, but definitely um, definitely next season when when this thing gets under control, hopefully. Fingers crossed on that. But be sure to sign up. Also sign up for the newsletter. Get daily breaking news. You just go to hogsports.com. If you go to the top right, there's three three lines if you're on mobile and three dots if you're on um, uh, desktop, which like 70% of you are on mobile. But uh, you can go to – there's newsletters, text alerts. All you have to do is enter your email address and hit sign up, and that's it. That's literally it, and you'll get an activation email, and you click that. For text alerts, you'll, you'll hit it, you'll authenticate, and you enter your phone number and sign up and you're good. And you can cancel both of those anytime if you don't believe what I say about it. We're just going to send you free stuff. Breaking news on the Razorbacks. It's what you want, right? Breaking news on the Razorbacks delivered right to your phone so you know before anybody else, all your buddies. You and Get on your text group thread and tell them, hey, guess what Sports is reporting? Plenty of ways to watch and listen. Of course, you can always tune in on Facebook Live. Be sure to follow the page if you haven't done so already. Throw us a like if you haven't done so already. Throw us an angry face or a downvote, whatever. Whatever your response is to this video, throw us that on Facebook Live right now. And be sure to share it with somebody if you think they might like it. Also available on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. Hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload new videos. And throw us a thumbs up if you like our content there and share it as well. And comment there. Also available on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't thrown us a five-star review on Apple Apple Podcasts, please do so. We want to get to that 500 mark. I'm in competition with everybody. I don't, like, look at it like I'm competing against other Arkansas news outlets. I'm competing against the Auburn Undercover site, the Inside Carolina site. I want to have more text alert subscribers than any of them. I want to have more subscribers than any of them. This, this in a way, to me, represents Arkansas, how well we run this website. And from our subscriber numbers, one of the top ten largest sites in the network, um, you know, all the things that we do, I want to outdo everybody else. And it, to me, it shows what Arkansas – it's a reflection of what Arkansas is capable of if things are done the right way, which it feels like things under 100 checks watch are getting that way in football, basketball, hopefully track and get back there. Baseball's been running. So, anyway, that's just kind of how I look at it. It's Arkansas. We're Arkansas. That's Arkansas. Arkansas businesses, all of those things, things you want to support, right? So, please support us with – with your likes, shares, follows, comments, and subscriptions. And uh, give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts so we can get over 500. And uh, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcasts. All right, everybody. We had a good show today. Entertaining show. A little more upbeat after a win. Man, it's been a while. Feels good. Feels good to talk about the Hogs after a win, doesn't it? All right, everybody, thanks to Keith Grayson. Thank you guys for your questions. Sorry we didn't get back to your, your questions on Facebook. We just ran a little bit long, uh, but that doesn't mean we won't hit them next time. All right, everybody, this has been Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time.